morning, everybody. It's good to see you. If I haven't met you before, my name is Grant, one of the teaching pastors here, Christ the King. On the back of your seat when you came in today was a Forever Change journal slash notebook. We're going to invite you to kind of take that and just carry it with you over the next weeks and months as we continue to kind of unroll this theme that we're calling Forever Change. Inside of the front cover as well is a little response card. I want you to grab a hold of that and make sure it didn't fall out on the floor when you grabbed your little book. There's one in every single seat. And I want you to just kind of hold that in your hand and flip it to the side that says, I'm paralyzed by... And in a little bit, I'll just kind of walk you through what it is that we're going to specifically do with that. People say there are no dumb questions, but I'm not very sure about that. Yahoo Answers just posted the dumbest questions that have ever been asked on their site and the response that came along with them. Somebody asked this question, what actually happens to the people who are born on February the 29th? Do they stay one every four years? To which people responded... All of those people are kept in a secret laboratory in Iowa, and they're only let loose every four years, to which the questioner responded, can you please give me directions to that lab? That's scary. Another question was asked, do they have toilet paper in Canada? They also commented, my dad says it's against their culture. The most popular answer was they do not have toilet paper. I always pack my own when I visit Vancouver. Tell your dad he's raising you very, very well, all right? Another question was asked, why does my arm turn bright red and shake when I'm eating dirt? <laughs> Most popular answer, because that's the way it works, okay? Here was another one. My wife just changed her Facebook status from married to widowed. Should I be worried? <laughs> Most popular answer was, no, you're fine. <laughs> This was my favorite. Should I tell my parents I'm adopted? <laughs> Most popular answer, no, keep them guessing. Okay, so in just a moment, we're going to hear Jesus ask a question that honestly, we might slippily quick into this kind of a category if we're not careful. The answer to the question is so unbelievably obvious that we may zip right over top of it and completely lose the perspective of what Jesus is doing as he speaks to a man who has lost all hope. We're going to go back in time for one reason. This is my conviction. Old stories produce new vision. That's what we're going to be talking about this weekend. The encounter that we're about to read about takes place at a, at a place called the Pool of Bethesda. Laurel and I were there just a few months ago. Here's a picture of the modern situation with regards to the pools of Bethesda. It's actually, of course, laying in ruins because it's been thousands of years. You can see where the columns were. You can see where the colonnades used to be over top of. Then I've got another picture. If you actually look down into the pools, you can see there's still water in the bottom of this area. And it's about 75 feet straight down into this ancient place where sick people used to gather. They would come together chasing the hope, chasing after uh, a legend that said that every once in a while an angel would come and stir the water. And if you were the first one in the water, you got healed from whatever it was that ailed you. Now, before you judge people for hanging out there, I want to remind you of something. When you're sick, you'll try anything to get well. It's just the way that it is. But in that moment that we're going to read about in just a second, we find a man laying at the pool of Bethesda. 
hoping he can be the first one into the water because he's been paralyzed for a really, really long time. He's laying on a mat. We have no idea if it was a group of friends that dragged him there on the mat every day or whether he stayed there permanently. All we know is that he's been there for a really, really, really long time. And this is what happens in John chapter 5, starting at verse 5. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which you just saw, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who had been there was an invalid for 38 years. It's a long time. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in, in that condition for a long time, he asked him, okay, here comes the question. This is what Jesus asks. Do you want to get well? Okay, that's the question. And I look at that and go, really? This guy's been there for 38 years. That's 13,870 consecutive days. Isn't the obvious answer to the question, yes. Yes, I want to get well. Yes, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yes, I don't want to live off of table scraps anymore. Yes, I want to stop begging and actually have a life. Yes, I want to be well. Yes, I want to be healthy. Yes, I want to walk. Yes, I want to run. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, isn't it obvious that's what would show up? That is not what he says. In fact, what he offers, the God of the universe, is the explanation. Verse 7 says this, Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Now before you judge his response, let's just stop for a moment and have a brutally honest moment at Christ the King at the sleep-in service, okay? What if Jesus asked you the same question? Do you want to be well? I mean, do you really want to be whole. Let's just evaluate our lives. Take a look at your entire life right now and just ask yourself the question, do you really want to get well? You know, Jesus, I'd like to get well, but honestly, like, I kind of like my mat. I'm comfortable here. I like my same predictable routine. I like doing exactly what I've always done. I think I'll just stay. Jesus, I, I would really like to get well, but the truth is I'm a very busy person. I have an unbelievably busy calendar. I have a lot of things to do. You get your 60 minutes every single Sunday morning. Other than that, mind your own business. Leave me alone. I'd love to be well, but honestly, Jesus, that whole cost thing, like the, the fact of following you is going to cost my life, my soul, my all, that's a pretty steep price. Honestly, Jesus, actually, I think I might pass. I'd love to be well, but the truth is, I am so busy consumed chasing my own dreams, building my own kingdom, and climbing up the corporate ladder that I don't have enough time because I need to be walking away from all of the things that you actually call me towards. I got a list of excuses and explanations, but the honest answer to the question, if you really asked me, and I was really honest with my life, if you stood here right now and said, do you want to be well, my honest answer would have to be, nope. I kind of like life the way it is. So many of us come to that point. I, I, I've been there. Come to the point where we actually just say, you know, I'd love to get well, but the thought of leaving my old life behind, 
That's just so unbelievably difficult. So I'd rather just stay here for 38 years waiting for a legend that maybe will happen than accept the fact that the God of the universe is standing right here, right now, looking us in the eye, asking us a question. Do you want to be well? So many of us just settle for that moment. We'd say, you know what, honestly, I'd rather just kind of wrap my mat around my shoulders, put my current life around me, and just play it safe rather than risk what might come next. Because here it comes. Jesus hears the explanation and he moves right through it. Here's the command. Jesus said to him, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. Okay, now don't just blow through that. I want to remind you of something. He hasn't moved for 38 years. That's a really, really, really long time. In his physical state, in his mental state, that's an impossible command. I mean, lame people can't walk. Unless the God who makes lame people walk shows up and says, hey, get up and walk, right? I mean, think about his natural responses in that moment. I've been here for 13,870 days, and you have the audacity to show up and say, get up? My natural response would be, I can't. I've tried. Don't you think I've tried? I mean, hello, I'm paralyzed. Quick question for you, church. What paralyzes you? What paralyzes you? Maybe you just walked in the door this morning, you're not even really sure what's going on, and it's kind of like, I tried the Jesus thing before, and I prayed once, and he didn't come through for me, so I'm out. Maybe you're here saying, and I tried to stop surfing porn, but the truth is I end up back at that lousy place over and over and over and over again, and I've just lost hope that my life's ever going to change. I met a guy this morning. He said, I've been trying to stop drinking for 27 years, and I can't. I've tried. I'm paralyzed. Some of us are like, I would love to kill the apathetic side of me that keeps me exactly where I've always been, but honestly... I don't care enough to kill the apathetic side of me. How about this one? I'm just plain scared. I'm scared of what moving might actually feel like because I'm actually feel, this actually feels normal to me. I'm scared of changing my routine of 38 years. I'm scared of what God might ask me to do. I got a question for you. Do you have the courage to actually grab your little response card and write down for you what paralyzes you? Some of you are like, I don't have a pen. Use your fingernail. All right? Carve it in the paper. What paralyzes you? Can I tell you what's been on my card every service this morning? Fear. I'm just afraid of what change might look like. I'm afraid of what Jesus might ask me to do. I'm afraid of what Jesus might ask me to walk away from. I'm afraid that he might actually do everything that he says in the Bible he's going to do. It scares me to death. What paralyzes you? You know, even though this guy is paralyzed, this is what is amazing to me in the story. The guy actually moves. Why would he move? I have a better question. Why not? After 38 years, why wouldn't you move? Verse 9 says this. At once, the man was cured, picked up his mat, and walked. I mean, it's amazing. The guy doesn't even ask for a miracle. Scripture doesn't say that. He actually just gives God an explanation and thinks that's going to be enough. He doesn't even ask, and Jesus heals him anyway. 
He sees his need and he meets it. He moves beyond his reality and moves to, to, to touch his deepest spiritual need. He heals him, body, soul, mind, and spirit. And the guy begins to move. Can you just get that in your, in your head just for a little bit? Hasn't moved for 38 years and all of a sudden it's like, what in the world is that? Are you kidding me? I can actually get off of my hip, off of my side. Seriously, what just happened to me? I mean, if you haven't moved for 38 years, somebody says you can move, and then you actually can, you know what you do? You move. You move a lot. You don't stop moving because you don't want that to ever disappear. I mean, why would you keep on moving? Because there was a time when you couldn't, and you haven't forgotten that. Why do I choose to move every single day of my life spiritually? Because I still remember what it feels like to be paralyzed. I still remember what it feels like to be completely dead in my sin. That's why I don't want to go back to that. I want to continue to move over and over and over again. Because there was a time in my life I'm paralyzed in sin. And the God of the universe shows up and says, hey, fish book, want to get well? Get up and walk. Move and don't ever stop moving. Listen to what happens next. Here comes the confrontation. The day on which this took place. Okay, so get this in your head, okay? The guy just got healed from 38 years of paralysis. Pretty big deal, right? Because everybody in the area would have seen this guy over and over and over again. Same guy, same mat, same routine. And all of a sudden, he just like goes walking past. I'm like, what in the world is that right there? What just happened? Bible says the day on which this took place was a Sabbath. So our modern equivalent of Sunday. And the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, it's the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. <laughs> Trust the religious church people to show up and ruin a perfectly good party, right? This guy's dancing around in circles and just like, hey, bro, simmer down, right? That's crazy. They said, it's the Sabbath. The law forbids you from carrying your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who's this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? Verse 13, the man who had been healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. I mean, trust the religious people to just ruin a perfectly good moment, right? This guy is walking for the first time in 38 years, and they show up, and it's just like, excuse me. That's against the rules. You need to lay that mat right back down again. You need to lay down, son. You need to stay exactly the way you are because we can't have you breaking any rules now, can we? Especially because you're in the temple. This is a holy, sacred place. We don't have excitement here. We don't have joy here. We don't have miracles here. You need to lay down and simmer down and do what you've always done. You're paralyzed. <laughs> are you kidding me? I mean, I just, it's unbelievable to me. And I love this guy's reply. Uh, the guy who healed me told me to move. So I don't give a rip what your religious rules say. That dude that just showed up and told me to get up and walk said, move. I'm moving. I don't care about your rules. All I know is this. Minutes ago, I'm paralyzed. Now, moving that's all you need to know. 
When I came to Jesus, I did not know who he was. I was clueless, just like this guy was. Oh, I knew who religious Jesus was. And I had a great relationship with Sunday school Jesus. Oh boy, flannel graph, feathered hair, bathrobe wearing Jesus. I knew that guy. Wow. What scared me is the fact that I actually thought I could take him, you know? If you can take your God, that is not a God to be worshipped. If you're here today and you don't have a clue about Jesus, don't let that stop you. The Bible teaches that. Accept Jesus and pursue knowing him with everything that you have. What I love about this story is Jesus just kind of disappears. He's just gone, right? Heals the guy. Guy goes into the temple, gets in trouble with the religious folks. That's cool. And then all of a sudden, Jesus shows up again. Because apparently after Jesus touches you and heals you, he's not finished with you. When you follow Jesus and seek after him, he seeks you out over and over and over again. Verse 14 says, later on, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see you're well again. I mean, let me tell you what that means. It's not rocket science. You were broken, but I fixed you. You were trapped, but I set you free. You were stuck, but I have changed your life. And now I'm going to call you into an unbelievable vision for your life. You've accepted me. You know me. I've healed you. So now here it is. Here is the crystallized, beautiful, life-transforming vision that I have for the rest of your life. I want you to go to church for an hour a week and make sure you throw something in the bucket. In case you didn't catch that, that was sarcasm with like my tongue. Like so far out in my cheek, I can't even get it any further, right? You know what's sad? That's what most of us have boiled it down to. God's vision for my life is I give him 60 minutes. Unless the Seahawks are playing. Let's be honest. And then I might throw something in a little white bucket to appease my guilt. We actually think that's God's vision for our life. Oh, how wrong we are. If you think that's God's vision for your life, I can't wait to share the rest of this with you. Jesus shows up and says this. You want to know what the call is? Here's the call. Stop sinning. Ooh, that's blunt, right? Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders it was Jesus who had made him well. Okay, don't jump past those two little words. Stop sinning. Asking a human being to stop sinning is as ridiculous as telling a lame man to stand up and walk. Because we are naturally born sinners. Scripture says, all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. The guy with the microphone sins, the guy with the guitars, they all sin. Every one of you sin. I promise you something. I sinned on my way into church this morning. I will sin on my way out this afternoon. If you cut me off between here and home, I will murder you in my brain. I will kill you and strike you dead. Because that's how I'm naturally wired to react. And we all have a sin problem in common. You're like, really? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Christ the King. Sinners are us. That's how it works, right? I'm a sinner. And the God of the universe shows up in my life and asks me an obnoxious question. You want to be well? You want to be whole? I'll tell you what, this is what Jesus is inviting this man into. 
From this point on, he's saying, if you follow me, I mean, really follow me, you're going to have to be completely open to forever change. For the rest of your life, you're going to need to be open to forever change because I'm going to renovate you and remodel you and challenge you and call you out. I'm going to remind you every day that I died for every sin that you ever committed and every one that you ever will commit. I'm going to be holy and I'm going to call you to be holy. I'm going to call you to take up your mat and walk. So there's no more lying around, no more excuses or explanations. You can forever change or lie there. You choose. Romans 12 says, my dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior or the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. So There they are, the timeless questions of Jesus. If you know him, you've been asked these questions. If you don't, he's asking them right now. Do you want to be healthy? Do you want to be well? Do you want to be sent? Do you want to move? Do you want to be healthy? Do you want to be sent? Do you want to forever change? I'm just going to tell you, this is the vision of Jesus for a broken man. A broken, paralyzed man, and Jesus says, I want him to be healthy. I want him to be sent. I want him to be moving. Jesus wanted the man whole. He wanted the man walking around Jerusalem, carrying his mat as a trophy, not of everything that he used to be, but for everything that Jesus had turned him into. Jesus had a picture of this man walking through the temple, going... This used to be me, but it's not me anymore. I was paralyzed, and then Jesus spoke life into my broken body and spirit. Jesus wanted to keep him moving from this life all the way into eternity. Can I tell you something? The vision of Christ the King Community Church is the same as that of Jesus. Our vision is not original. We completely ripped it off from the King of Kings. And that's the way it should always be. My dream for you, your dream for me, if we truly are family, is that corporately we would be healthy. That God would send us out and then we would actually move. That's my dream for you. That should be your dream for me. Do you want to be well? Do you want to be sent? Do you want to move? Let's watch the screens together. This is my home, this is my city, this is my county. Jesus wants to build his church here. Jesus is building his church here. But what if he wants to build it through you? Broken, hurting, tired, insecure you. Well, if that scares you, think about Peter. Peter denied Jesus three times. 
but Jesus still said, you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What did Jesus mean? Was Jesus gonna build his church on a man? A broken, betraying man? No. There's only one who is able to lay that foundation. He is the chief cornerstone. There is only one who is worthy to be the rock of the church, Jesus Christ. And here's the beautiful thing. He's invited us into this story. Christ has laid the foundation and we get to join with thousands of years of history in building his church. Jesus left the earth, he said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you, and I will be with you to the very end of the age. So why forever change? As human beings, we have this natural disposition to resist change. We say we don't like to change. I know I don't like to change. Change is a negative thing in our culture. But what if I told you change is actually a good thing? That God actually is calling us to change, that he wants us to change, that he wants you and me to change. Romans chapter 12 says, I plead with you to offer your bodies as a holy sacrifice. That's truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Part of change is pursuing health. Christ the King is often referred to as a recovery church. And although we place an incredibly high value on recovery, that's not what we wanna be known for. We wanna be known as a church that's healthy, a church that's whole, a church that loves Jesus and loves others. You can't get healthy and whole without some form of change. Without change, we remain paralyzed. Like the man at the pool, we make excuses for ourselves. We get comfortable in our dysfunction. We live lives in unhealthy patterns, destroying ourselves and the people we love. Without change, we as a church will be paralyzed. Sure, there'll be pockets of us building his church and doing great things, but what if we did it together? Over 200,000 people live in Whatcom County. But here's a tough truth. Many of them are on their way to a Christless eternity. Doesn't that break your heart? So what if each of us decided today, like right now, in this moment, to take up our mats and walk? What if we didn't just come to church on a weekend to get, but we actually came to give? We came to be the church. We came ready to leave this place knowing that there are thousands of us who will go out with the good news of Jesus. The harvest is ripe. Are you willing to change? Will you join me and take up your mat and walk?
God's calling us out of our paralysis. Time to be done with that. No more just laying around accepting life as it is. Some of us are frozen in the paralysis of not believing in Jesus at all. My prayer is today that you will understand that he's standing right beside your chair right now asking you, do you want to be well? Do you want to be whole? Whether it's fear, unbelief, apathy, whatever it is, do you have the courage to actually write it down? Some of us have never even acknowledged that we're paralyzed. So I'm going to ask you to do me a favor, Christ the King, right now. Would you pull out that card? And Jess is just going to play in the background for just a second. I'm going to ask you, would you have the courage to write down what paralyzes you? Fear? Unbelief? Apathy? Exhaustion? Disillusionment? Frustration? Maybe a whole lifetime full of unanswered questions. I'm going to ask you just to write it down. Let God whisper in your ear right now. Because he's asking you a question. Do you want to be well? Let's start with what paralyzes you. I'll give you just a minute. favor just tear your card in half hold the paralyzed part of you in your hand just hold it right now would you pray with me Father God this is not who we want to be this is not the reality that we desire Father, right now, would you allow perfect love to cast out all fear? Would you allow the unbelieving part of us to consider the thought that there was a God in heaven who loved us so much that he sent his son to pay a debt of sin that we could not pay for ourselves. And that he desperately wants to have a relationship with us. Father, I pray for every person here who may not know Jesus as personal Savior. And I pray right now that in the quietness of their heart, that they would cry out to you and say, Jesus, I want to be well. I want to be whole. I'm tired of being paralyzed in my own sin. Jesus, forgive me. Set me free, God. I want to walk. I want to run. I want to be whole. Forgive me and set me free. I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. I'm saying, God, I'm picking up my mat and walking. 
God, I pray for those who are tired and disillusioned, done the church thing before, and are just frozen. God, I pray that our apathy, as it's confessed before you, would be broken off of us like chains off of a prisoner. God, I pray that you would move us beyond good intentions. God, we don't just want to stand up and roll up the mat. We actually want to move. So Jesus, would you do for us what we cannot do for ourselves? We answered the question, do you want to be well? We answered and say, yes, God, we do. Allow us to live like well people healthy followers of Christ. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're not done. So easy to get to this point, isn't it? What if it didn't stop here? What if you actually walked into an alpha class? and asked every difficult question that you've ever had. And nobody jumped down your throat and freaked out. What if next weekend you walked into the baptismal tank and said, I'm sick and tired of being ashamed. I'm gonna go public. I'll take my mat with me into the tank if I have to. What if you started to serve and give? What if showing up here was more than just sitting in a seat with a coffee cup holder? What if you started facilitating and helping other people and started welcoming them in, saying, I remember what it was like to be paralyzed. You're okay. Come on in. It's okay. You're good. It's okay to not be okay. What if you actually had the courage to share with your neighbor about Jesus and not just hope they get it? What if you could be the one to say, I was paralyzed. He healed me. I don't understand all of it. I can move. What if it went further than that? Well, I promise you something. That can't happen until you're willing to let go of whatever you're paralyzed by. So I'm going to ask you to do something with me, okay? This is crazy. It's going to freak out all the OCD people. And I'm the worst OCD person in the church, so it's just going to drive me crazy, but let's do it anyway. Would you stand with me for a second? Just stand up. We're not going to do anything weird. We're just going to do something, Okay? You hold up what paralyzes you. Hold it up. This might freak you out. This does not surprise the God of the universe. Now, can you do me a favor? Throw it away and hit somebody in the back of the head with it. Throw it. Come on, church. Let it go. Let it go. It's not you. This is not who you are. Did you get somebody really good in the back of the head? That's awesome. That's not you. This does not define you. This is who you used to be. It's not your present reality. It's a trophy of God's grace in your life. And he wants you to carry it so that you can share your story with somebody else. Got the other half still? Three little pieces. I committed my life to Jesus Christ. I want to get baptized. I want to pick up my mat and walk. For once in my life, I'm actually going to follow through. 
Pastor Todd is gonna come and walk you through in the last couple of minutes, this little tiny card. But my part is this, I was paralyzed and Jesus set me free. And when I celebrate, I wanna sing and I wanna worship. So Christ the King, I'm gonna ask you to do that. Whatever your next step is, I know some of you are kind of frozen and just like, oh, I don't know about this whole worship thing, all the rest of it. Hold up God's vision for your life in the air and let's sing and let's dance as the formerly paralyzed of Whatcom County who are paralyzed no more and have chosen to pick up their mat, walk, and forever change. Let's worship God together.